Eric, you're going to love this one. I put out so much content that if you listen to my stuff for free, every single day, if you listen to one of my pieces of content, there's over 10 years worth of content. There's over 10, like, you can listen to me once a day for 10 straight years and not have to pay nothing. But guess what happened in those 10 years? Cam Newton started listening to me in middle school and high school. Then he went to Auburn and told the coach to come get me. Then he went to the pros and told the coach, I got to speak at the, the, all these kids in the hood who didn't have fathers, I became their father on Instagram. So when they went to the NBA, they took their daddy with them. <laughs> when they went to the NFL, they took their daddy with them. When they became preachers and started church, when they became CEOs or execs at companies, when they looked for a trainer, it wasn't that I was better than anybody else, but they didn't see less as their daddy. Any product I come out with, they buy it because they feel like you raised me. The least I could do is spend $25 with you. Does that make sense? So we're not looking at competition as it's something. Come on, we're not looking at competition as it's something bad. We're looking at competition as something. So don't be afraid of your competitors. And do not compare yourself to your competitors because you'll never be as good as they are at what they do. But you could be good at being loud. <laughs> I could be good at being energetic. Does that make sense? All right, let's go. All right. In order to achieve greatness, you must first believe you can. I got 17 minutes. Look, if, 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 I, if Eric said you can't talk about nothing else for the next 17 minutes, this is the most important one. Because for some of you, the reason why you're not taking advantage of this opportunity is not because you don't believe in it. You don't believe in you. Come on, y'all got to catch Come on, come on, you got to catch this one. I got 16 minutes. Y'all got to catch this one. You got to catch this one. I honestly believed in the earlier part of my career when I used to stand on these kind of stages, I wasn't as effective as I am now because when I was first introduced to do something like this, maybe 500 people, 1,000 people, I literally would come in the room and as gifted and as talented as I was, even though I belong and I had everything I needed to do, I would walk in the room and feel like I'm not, I don't, it's not, it's not my room. I don't belong in this room. I remember, same gift. Uh, uh, you, the videos had already been out. My numbers were great. And I would come in rooms and go, or, or like that room, like I go to a high school, like boom. I go to a youth detention center, boom. I go to a prison, boom. I come to corporate and go. I don't know if I belong in here. Everybody in the room don't look like me. They don't come from where I come from. I don't know if I belong here. And I'll never, I'll never forget. I had a conversation with Les Brown. Les Brown had called me to Orlando. We sat in a hotel and I left and I started talking to Les and I started naming like, yo, you, Les Brown, this person, number one in the world. He said, don't you ever say that again. I said, don't say what? He said, you the best in the world right now. I said, what? He said, you the best in the world right now. There's nobody as good as you in the world. You're the best right now. The only reason you're not the best right now is because you don't believe you're the best now. And when you walk out this room, I want you to go in the mirror and tell yourself, I'm the best right now. He said, before you even become number one, start to proclaim it and say it long before it happened. Say, I'm the number one motivational speaker in the world. And when I was number 20, I started saying, I'm the number one motivational speaker in the world. And I went to the computer. 
And the world said exactly what I said, that Eric Thomas is number one in the world. I spoke it, the world heard it, and it activated. Your problem is that you don't believe you belong here. Your problem is that you don't think you should be sitting down here. Listen to me very closely. You've got a man and a family that's been doing this for over 30 years. You've got a program that's tried and true. You have individuals that have proven it can be done. The only reason you're sitting up there is because you don't believe you belong down here. I'm going to say it one more time. The only reason you're up there is because you don't. When I believed that my voice was needed in this world, when I believed that I needed to be on the stage, not for myself, but to speak to a group of people who come from where I come from, a working class who don't know what it's like to make millions and millions of dollars, who don't understand what wealth looks like, that I needed to come in the room with a single-parent mother, with a father not in my life, being homeless in a high school dropout. Only somebody who comes from where you come from can tell you you belong. And I had to get my butt on stage because there's some folks that Les Brown can't reach. There's some folks that Tony Robbins can't reach. There's some folks that only I can reach. And so I need to be on the stage with them doing what I was called to do. And there are those of you still up there because you don't think you belong in that million dollar home. Look, I'll never forget when I first told them I was moving to California, I was putting my wife, my wife deserves to be out of the winter in Michigan. She deserves that. I remember they said, E.T., you're moving to Cali. I was like, yeah. They said, what was the first thing they said? You know how expensive California is? I said, it can't be too expensive. There's millions of people that live there. Like, for real, when I move there, it won't be like five of us in California. There are five human beings. I'm like, there's a lot of people living in California. It can't be that expensive. Are you selling your home in Michigan? I said, no, why would I do that? How can you afford two homes? How can I not? My wife has MS. How can I not? She wants to be with her family in the summer and she wants to be in the warmth in the winter. How can I not be bi-coastal? I won't be the first one. As a matter of fact, there's some people who own three and four homes. So we got one there, one there, and now I'm looking at the French Riviera as my next spot. We talked about the French Riviera, baby. That's my next spot is the French Riviera. I'm going to have a house somewhere close to your neighborhood and boom. Listen to me very closely. If I had one message to leave you with, that's a game changer, is you need to start to believe. Yeah, write this down. No, 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 no. Do me a favor. Don't say that. Don't say you believe. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't say, look. It's not a behavior that I'm looking for, it's a mindset. No, no, here's the problem. You can't have, as powerful as the human mind is, it cannot think two thoughts at once. So here's what I need you to do. You need to get with these people down here, and you need to reprogram your mind. All right, let me tell you why I'm saying that. So I got a friend of mine, like, he sees how I treat my wife, right? So, like, I was homeless, high school dropout, so anything, like, if Didi thinks it, I'm going to get it for her. I cook, I clean, like, we are a partnership. Like, we do everything together. And so my boy watched the response I was getting from my wife as I wash clothes, as I cook, as I iron. 
And I'll never forget, my boy was like, I'm about to do that. And I was like, I wouldn't do that if I was you. He was like, no, I'm going to start doing that. I was like, I wouldn't do that if I was you. And he didn't understand what I meant. But what I meant by it is, you're going to do it, but you're not going to be able to do it consistently because you're mimicking my behavior, not my thought process. See, you're going to stop ironing clothes because somewhere in your mind you think your wife is subservient. See, somewhere in your mind you think your wife was born to take care of your needs. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just telling you you can't do what I do with that mindset. Like you can't believe, because so now you're going to start ironing clothes and the people in your culture are going to say, what are you ironing clothes for? That's a woman's job. See, I don't have a problem when people tell me, I'll never forget I was on the floor in an apartment we had and I was mopping the floor on my knees and my boy came in and was like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm mopping the floor. You ain't never seen nobody wipe the floor. He was like, not on your hands and knees. I was like, yeah, my wife is a neat freak, so I got to get on my hands and whatever. He was like, yo, bro, you whipped. I was like, you ain't know that? <laughs> what, you trying to embarrass me? You just found out I was whipped, bro? He was like, yeah, yeah, you whip. I was like, is that, I see that as a compliment. <laughs> Whipped. Bruh, when I was homeless and living in abandoned buildings, my girl would sneak me into her crib. When I didn't have a job, she would give me her allowance at 15. When I went to college, she was the one that said, go get your GED and follow me to college or I'm breaking up with you. When I started my speaking career, she was the one that got her job first as a nurse and we had health insurance and the first house we bought, my credit was so messed up, she couldn't even take my last name. She bought the first house with her credit. What do you mean in my, yeah, I'm whipped and loving it. I'm about to buy me a shirt that said whipped. So you ain't even gotta ask me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I worship the ground she walks on because she's been there for me since day one. So you can't, you can't mimic what I'm doing if you don't think like I think. I look at my wife as a queen. You look at your wife as your servant. You can't, you, it's nothing wrong with that. It's nothing wrong if you guys have those roles. It's nothing wrong with that. I understand that. I've been with my wife my whole life. All of my success. I can't even divorce her because I don't know what's mine and what's hers. Like I never accomplished anything on my own. You're not hearing what I'm saying. So there are those of you who want to mimic their behavior. It's not their behavior you need. It's their mindset that you need. It's the way they think is what you need. And when you begin to think the way, let me say this to you. And it's going it's to be weird for my working class people. I actually worked harder when I worked. <laughs> I know I got a GED. I'm so simple. It'd be, you like, it go right over your head. I'm going to say it to you one more time. What I make in an hour now presentation. I actually worked harder when I was working. Okay, one more time. I felt it. It, was, it hit a couple of y'all. You know what I'm saying? Some of y'all, you have been in the working class your whole life. You missed what I just said. I actually worked more hours, worked harder, and got less money when I used to work. Now that I have a wealth mentality, I just had a promoter call me to do some stuff, and in another country, it was like a couple hundred. And I'm like, I'm, I'm good, bro. 
He was like, no, no, did you hear how much I said? My man couldn't believe I was telling him no. <laughs> he was like, how can you say no to 200,000? I said, because I'm an ATM machine, I'm wealth. I don't, I don't work for money. I think up money. Okay, I'm going to say it one more time. I don't work for money. I think of ideas and make money. 